everyone, welcome to the Average Football Pod, hosted by myself, Craig Turner. So, I apologise for last Friday, as there was no show, we had some technical issues, so couldn't post anything that I had done, so there was no review, uh, so there was no preview show for last week, I do apologise. So, for all you that are new to the pod, welcome to the pod, this is the Average Football Pod, where I'll talk about, I'm an Average Football fan, so I talk about what goes and what's happening in the world of the Premier League, and games and information around Europe to keep you on track to, of your European and continental football as well so i hope you enjoy and uh, let's get started then so let's talk about these games that happened in the premier league this week before we move on to talk about games around europe because there were some interesting games around europe this week as well and some big news in the premier league couple of management sackings a new manager starting so there were some very very interesting stories coming out of the premier league this week so uh, let's run through the scores, what happened on Friday. So you have Southampton beating Baston Villa 1-0 with an Armstrong goal, which was fantastic half volley. What a lovely little half volley that was. And Saturday, you had Man United losing 2-0 to Man City. Uh, you had Palace beating Wolves 2-0. You had Chelsea drawing against Burnley 1-0. You had Brentford losing to Norwich, who finally got their first victory of the season 2-1. And the last game on Saturday, on Saturday night, was Brighton 1, Newcastle 1, which was an interesting game, which I saw the first half of. Uh, on Sunday, you had Leeds 1-all against Leicester. Uh, Harvey Barnes and Rafinha scored two fantastic goals that game. Um, Everton 0, Spurs 0, which um, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, Arsenal 1, Watford 0, so it was a good win for Arsenal, they are now 10 games unbeaten, but there was a bit of controversy about that, and we'll talk about that later on. And then the last game on Sunday was the fantastic West Ham 3, Liverpool 2, which was the game of the weekend, by all accounts, which I didn't see because I was making chocolate. So unfortunately, I missed it, and I haven't seen any of the highlights, but I've seen and heard about the controversial moments in the game. So let's talk, let's start the start of the weekend. Of the game of the week of the game week as the Premier League got to call it now. Let's talk about the first game of the week, which was uh, the uh, Southampton versus Villa game. Now, um, I saw the first half of this game and I thought Southampton looked really comfortable in this game. They looked very, you could see they're a team that's playing really well at the moment. They're a team that um, is, they're a team that are winning. And the next game's Norwich after the international break. And you do think going, well, Norwich are in a little bit disarray after a second Farka, which we'll talk about that in a bit. And you just think, oh, well, that's another win. And that is, uh, I think Southampton will go six games unbeaten at that point. So, or five games unbeaten. That's really good for a Southampton side that didn't really pull up any trees at the start of the season. They got a good draw against Man United. They've had a good few draws here there. Um, haven't really sort of um, upset anyone, but they're not also sort of blowing people away. And... Um, it's interesting now that uh, Southampton, uh, Aston Villa and Norwich are both looking for new managers. And the managers being mentioned in both of the game, or both the odds are Rasmussen, the Southampton manager. So it seems like the media like him and the media respects what he's done with Southampton. So in the grand scheme of things, he's not doing a bad job then, if that's the case. Because normally, if a manager's struggling or not doing well, they never get they never get mentioned in the, in job positions. 
or new job positions that have come up. So it does sort of look like he is doing a very good job and maybe people are underestimating how much of a good job he's actually doing there. Norwich, uh, second Dean Smith, or uh, sorry, not Norwich, Villa second Dean Smith on Sunday. Came a bit of a shock, actually. Um, I know Villa haven't won in their last five. Uh, the last win was against um, Man United, so that was five, six weeks ago. So that's a bit of a, a bit of a surprise there, in terms of him going. Um, but it's the Premier League; you can't lose five games in a row and expect to have your job at the end. And with the international break now here, it seems like everything was just right for him to go. Um, as much as the Villa fans might not like it. Um, I could see him returning down the line if he gets a really good job somewhere else. Um, I don't know where he goes next, though. That's the problem, because unless there's another mid-table position comes free, I can't see him wanting to go back down to Championship, because he didn't do a bad job with Villa. I can't see him wanting to fight in relegation with a team. So you do think, going well, what is next for him? That he's not going to get a big job. He's not going to get top six position because it's just he's not an attractive proposition for them. So um, maybe maybe he looks abroad. That that could be the thing he does. But I I can't see that happening. I can't see him going abroad either. So um, I don't know where Dean Smith goes next, really, for his next job. So um, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, but. Um, It'll be interesting to see Villa goes. I was hearing a podcast uh, by The Athletic this morning and they were saying that the Villa job is probably the most attractive job at the moment in European football because of their structure and what they've got um, in place in terms of youth development and the team they've currently got as well. And the fact the owners are wanting to get success and bring back European football to Villa. So that could be a very, very enticing job for a lot of out-of-work managers there. They'll definitely go for a manager out of work as well. So um, there's like some Nuno, um, Fonseca. Very, very interesting propositions from there. So, but that was a good win for Southampton overall. And it's good for them pushing into the international break. So that was Friday. All right, let's move on to Saturday. Um, as you can tell by the tone, uh, and the first game on Saturday was Man United Man City. So I am a Man United fan. And as a Man United fan, I decided not to watch this game because I knew this game was going to be horrible, painful, and just a, just awful to watch. And I was right in that. Um, by all accounts, it seems that Man United did not show up at all. Granted, Man United had me showing up for the last few weeks anyway. Um, it seems that there's a, just a lot of issues defensively that happened. And this is the same defence last season that came second, by the way. So this, the defence that started against City on Sunday, on Saturday, sorry, was the same defence that got Man United second. So that is Wambasaka, Lindelof, Maguire and Shaw. They were the defence from last year. So what has changed in that in the last few months? And the midfield is exactly the same as it was last year. The whole side was the same as last year. The only difference was Ronaldo playing. So there seems to be a, a, a fundamental problem there, is that when you look at the Man City team, they change quite Peck changes quite regularly. That's why I've always said he's a, he's you know generally in terms of a fancy fo- football side of things, he hates fancy football, and and trying to second guess Pep because he rotates the side quite regularly. 
but the side that he picks is so strong. And Pep knew basically what Man United were going to do, and he basically just toyed with him, what I heard. Absolutely toyed with him. Um, the whole Ole Gunnar Solskjaer out seems like that's just, it's going to lose momentum, I feel. Um, I think they're not going to sack him until the end of the season, or there'll be an agreement for him to leave at the end of the season, possibly. Um, I think they'll wait and see to see where Man United finishes, because um, when you talk about David Moyes getting sacked, the reason why David Moyes gets sacked is because he had the team that won the league and they didn't qualify for Europe that following season. So that's why he got the sack, because he, he didn't do... He didn't just get the, the basics of qualifying, getting Man United to qualify for the for any European competition. Um, Van Hal got the sack because he was boring. He played boring football. He was the fans were upset with him, and just it just wasn't working there. And he seemed like he rubbed shoulder. He rub was rubbing people the long wrong way by the time he left. Jose same, just boring football. Um, just didn't get Man United really, just didn't understand Man United and um, I know that was his dream job allegedly but he he cost himself the dream job and it shows with where he is now currently with um, with Roma and what he did with Spurs it's all coming out there so don't be surprised for the next Man United manager, if there is one. There is a lot of talk. There was a lot of talk over the weekend of Brendan Rodgers coming in at the end of the season uh, for the start of next year. I can't see that happening. Um, I think there'll be a lot of Man United fans that won't like it because of his Liverpool connections. So it will be interesting to see if Solskjaer does go. On the City side of things, City just, will just look dominant and... It'll be between Liverpool, Chelsea and um, City for them the title this year. There's just no way of looking past it. And I think City will be rubbing their hands with joy this weekend with the fact that Chelsea dropped points against Burnley and Liverpool losing against West Ham because it just brings them all a little bit closer together and just pushes that little gap to fourth that little bit more. So, um, yeah, it was a very good win for them. Um, talking about uh, Chelsea, they drew to Burnley. So no one saw that happening. Um what I was gathering from what I heard on Saturday, that Chelsea dominated. They just didn't take their chances. Nick Pope had a great game. And Burnley got their chance and took it. And they came away with a lovely draw against Burn with Chelsea. Burnley are now coming into that part of the season where they always do, where they up they they get a few wins together. They get a shot, couple of draws against the big teams. And that will just keep them up this year. That, that will just do it. They'll... They'll probably win their next three out of five or something, or they they will stay unbeaten for a little bit, and they'll go through the Christmas period really comfortably, and that's when they'll just push through, push them a table, and that'll be them for the rest of the season. They'll be they'll build enough momentum to keep them through. Um, there's a lot of talk about uh, Saul Neges and uh, Nuegues from Atletico Madrid having his loan being cancelled in January by Chelsea, as he's not resettled really there and. That's been quite hard for him to come into that Chelsea side that looks quite settled. When you've got sort of Ross Barkley, um, uh, Hudson Odoi, you've got Loftus Cheek all coming into that side again. All English players, all knowing the Premier League. And you hear anyone that says come from abroad, getting used to the Premier League is a very hard thing to do. So come into that Chelsea side and hit, excuse me, hit the ground running is always going to be a tough thing for him to do. I think he'll stay to the end of the season um, and Chelsea probably will buy him at the end of the year as well. 
But fantastic win for draw for Burnley as well. Going into the international break, that will really give them a lot of confidence into their next game. Now, we're talking about Norwich. Norwich got their first win of the season under Daniel Farker. And that was the only win of the season he's going to get for Norwich because he's out of the job. Um, a bit of a surprise how early it came after the game. It came pretty much a couple of hours after the game. And um, I don't think anyone saw it coming, but there was a lot of rumblings of it happening or coming. A lot of Norwich fans were a little bit a bit concerned about where the team was going this year after having a dominant season in the championship and um, just sort of abandoning the style of play into the Premier League. So um, it's going to be interesting to Norwich employee because I don't think it'll be a name that a lot of people know and it'll be a name that people are sort of trying to get used to. So um, I don't think it'll be Frank Lampard. I don't can't see John Terry. I think they'll go for a German... Scandinavian manager, I feel. There was a um, little bit of talk about the Blue Glint manager coming in. Um, if you've not heard of Blue Glint, they've, um, they beat Roma a few weeks back 6-0. Um, and they drew against him as well in the uh, Europa Conference League. Um, they have taken Norwegian football by storm. I know it's Norwegian football, but you look at their story and look at their history. They are basically a team in remote part of Norway that are dominating their league and um and dominated the last couple of years as well and they've done it the a really really smart way as well they've bought they've got players in that are out of contract from play it from the smaller uh, sorry the bigger clubs and uh, developed them there they have done well in europe last couple of seasons as well they played ac milan last year and gave them a tough game they got knocked out in the europa league um in the qualifying rounds but now with this conference league happening this year, it's gave them a chance to sort of give them a few six or seven games of playing European football and actually progressing a little bit more. And beating Roma 6-1, I know it's a reserve side out, but beating Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho's Roma side will live in their history for a long time because that is a massive, massive result, a massive skull to have in their collection. And... The manager is really sort of highly rated. So maybe keep an eye on him over the next couple of years of him coming through the ranks in terms of English, European football generally. And um, it's great for Norwich to get their win, um, to get their season sort of up and running. Brentford, as I've said before, last few weeks, they need to be worried. They, Brentford fans need to be slightly concerned about which direction they're going in. Um, they've not won in four. Um they had a really good start of the season. I think there's a lot of momentum taking them through that part. The fans have taken them through. They play really good at football. But playing really good football doesn't necessarily get you results. And you've got to be a bit more ruthless. And it's now starting to show. Ben, Brentford are now starting to feel the heat of the Premier League. And you've got tried season teams in the Premier League that are going to sort of put them away. And they'll do it really cannily. And it's because Brentford haven't learned to do that yet. It'll be a very interesting Christmas, which Brentford will have, some of the fixtures they've got coming up. And it'll be interesting to see which direction they will go. A couple of wins will put them back into mid-table, of course. But they could end up being in the relegation zones by the end of New Year. So it all depends, really. And then will Brentford buy in January? Will they improve? Will they strengthen? It'll Time will tell, because they do their 
buying very smartly and and they're very intelligent on how they buy. They very they do the money ball situation where they buy their players on stats. So it'll be interesting to see which direction they go in and uh, if they're going to back the manager in January as well. Um, because, of course, with the Aston Villa job being available and Norwich in a way, uh, there is it becomes an attractive, he becomes a very attractive manager for him. I can't see him leaving. He seems very settled in, in Brentford and at the moment, why would you? So, um, very, very interesting. The last game is uh, Norwich at uh, Brighton against Newcastle. Uh, Eddie Howe is now officially the Newcastle manager. He watched their side draw one all. Very uneventful, very unentertaining. Uh, un- weren't a great game to watch on Saturday, which I saw the first half. Brighton looked comfortable, just, just didn't, defensively just sort of chucked it away a little bit. Um, Sanchez has had a couple of dodgy moments the last few weeks. Um, he got away with one against Liverpool the other day, um, the other week. So um, I can see maybe Brighton going in for another goalkeeper potentially in January because I don't think Sanchez is the goalkeeper for them. But we will have to wait and see. But Eddie Howe is now Newcastle manager. He arrived at the ground at 6.45, uh, I think, this morning and his team so um all very well to start the new new campaign off with him in charge when most well actually i'm going to say most of them are international break they're not because it's newcastle players so not many of them are international break so they've got a lot of work to do between now and their next game okay moving on to the sunday games uh leeds leicester one all great game um really good game what i heard um leeds are just trying to get back into the swing of things or where they were last year. Harvey Barnes scored a fantastic goal straight from the kickoff after Rafinha scored a fantastic free kick. Um, Arsenal getting a draw against what? Oh, sorry, getting a win against Watford. Ranieri was not happy about that after the game. Um, Watford players kicked the ball out of, the, out of touch because of an injury. Arsenal, fans, Arsenal players didn't give it back and then that's when Arsenal scored. So... Um, Ranieri really not happy about that, but but that's the risk. Arsenal do not have to give the ball back if Watford decide to kick the ball out of play. It is part of the rules. So uh, I get where he's coming from, and I get I think most managers would be angry, and I think Arteta would be angry if it was on the other way round. But there's not a lot they can do about it. Dermot Gallagher said yesterday on Sky Sports that when things like that happen, the ref is literally powerless. There was no nothing in the rules for Arsenal to give the ball back. So. It is what it is, unfortunately, for Watford. Another loss um, since their win against Everton. So that's three losses in four for Watford since Ranieri's come in charge. And again, they're just falling down the table. So again, Ranieri will have to do a lot of work with them over the next few weeks and seeing who they bring in in January, really, to boost their squad. Um, The big game on the weekend, the game of the weekend was West Ham 3, Liverpool 2. There was everything in this game. There should have been a red card. You had Allison getting fouled, allegedly, but wasn't given. You had Trent Alexander-Arnold scoring a great free kick, but then his flaws defensively get exposed as well. Um, really, really good game. West Ham are doing fantastically well at the moment. There is, They are that team this year, them and uh, Brighton are the two teams this year that are going against the grain a little bit in terms of where people predicted they were going to be this year. Um, I think people are slightly concerned about West Ham's squad depth in that they're really going for the Europa League, which is fantastic, and they should. But then are they going to go for the FA Cup? Are they still in the Carabao Cup? They are still in five competitions, technically. 
or four competitions, yeah, five competitions technically. So it's all about where they decide to put all their eggs in the basket. A cup run for uh, for West Ham would be fantastic. Um, in Europa League especially, that would be incredible. You hear the atmosphere after the game in the Olympic Stadium and the fact that that stadium comes alive when Aston Villa, uh, sorry, I keep saying Aston Villa, when West Ham are playing well. So they just need to keep that momentum up and January couldn't come quick enough, I don't think, for um, West Ham so they can just buy a couple more players to bolster that squad. But their bench themselves on against Liverpool wasn't bad. So they have got strength and depth and they seem to have a really good youth system coming through. So maybe some of the youth players might come into that side and just bolster the, the, the squad a little bit and um, give them a little bit of a chance. So West Ham are fantastic. Liverpool... Klopp was really angry. So Klopp, um, if you've never noticed this before, after Liverpool draw and lose, Klopp is really, really bitter and angry and a very, very um, spiky man to interview by all accounts. And I would not like to interview that man after a a draw or a um, loss because um, he seems like he generally couldn't be, don't want to be there and... um, the smile drops as well. So uh, maybe that's his true character. Maybe. Maybe the smiles and laughs that you see him in press conferences and st- interviews is all a bit of a media facade. And yet he's a very spiteful, angry man, which I have heard um, people have said, but I'm not sure how genuine that is or not. So, um, yeah. So very interesting this, um, weekend of football in the Premier League, really. Um, every team really getting sort of Again, interesting results going into it. And um, I forgot about Palace. Palace with a 2 0 win against Wolves. They are really going under the radar at the moment. That was a great win for them. And um, Conor Gallagher scoring again. And he's knocking on the door for an England call up at the moment. He's, I know he's in the under 21s, but there is very, very chance that maybe in the friendlies he might get called up to the England squad. Who knows? But uh, Patrick Vieira is doing a wonderful job there. So they're doing well. All right. Let's talk about um, stuff that's happening around Europe at the moment. So um, talk about the... I'm going to go through the different leagues, actually, this week. So talk about the Spanish one. So uh, La Liga. So Barcelona um, were 3-0 up at half-time to only draw 3 all against Celta Vigo. They are really struggling this year, and they're, ti- they're not up for titles this year at all. Um, I said this at the start of the Champions League campaign. I wouldn't be surprised if they go in Europa League this year. Um... And I think they'll struggle in that personally. But um, but there we go. With Xavi coming in, he's got a big, big job to do um, with a side that is just not that good and um, and with no money. So And also, they've still got to settle the Ronald Koeman situation um, because Ronald Koeman wants his full amount. And don't blame him because 12 million, is, if he's entitled to 12 million, he's entitled to 12 million. And um, I completely agree that he should be going for it even though he is a Barcelona boy at heart but there we go it's, it's a bit of a messy situation at Barcelona with the, with the money they're currently finding themselves in and the lack of it and expect January to um, to them to lose a few players in January as well um, Franco de Jong might be going uh, I did read that Newcastle have been I think it was Newcastle been offered the goalkeeper uh, Ted Stegen which will never happen not in a million years will he go to Newcastle yet he might do in a couple of years down the line but not yet no anyway, he'll he'll what be playing in Europe somewhere 
So um, it'll be interesting to see who where, if and where he goes January or in the summer. Uh, Atletico and Valencia also on Sunday played a three-all draw um, with uh, two goals coming in the last three minutes for Valencia. So uh, I can imagine Simeo not being overly happy about that um, and just sort of dents a little their their title sort of push a little bit and their title um, uh, defense this year. Um, but they're still in it. They're very couple of points behind Cel- um, Real Sociedad who are top. Uh, Real Madrid a second, Sevilla a sec- uh, third as well. So um, there's not this very tight league this year and um, could be the league to watch out this year, actually, um, in terms of a title race by the end of the season. There could be some really, really a big like four-way split for that league this year. So it'll be interesting to see who the kingmakers are going to be in that league this coming season. Uh, in Germany, uh, Leipzig beat Dortmund 2-1. Um, Bayern Munich is still top. They beat Freiburg 2-1 on Saturday. Um, just seems very comfortable for Bayern Munich at the moment. Uh, Dortmund losing 2-1 to Leipzig is a big loss for Dortmund. And their title push this year. Leipzig had struggled at the start of the season, but now looking like they're getting a few results together. And the manager just looks like he's now sort of settled on his side. So that's good for them. In Italy, Napoli is still top of Syria um, with a draw against uh, Verona. Uh, it was the Milan derby this weekend. I watched um, about 60 minutes of it. It was very uh, interesting, frantic a little bit. Um, the, it wasn't like previous derbies where derbies like you got fouls happening left, right and centre and tackles. See me flying in, but there was three penalties in the game. And uh, Inter Milan had two penalties and missed one. Don't get why they switched penalty takers, but there we go. That That's what happened. Um, and also, Jose Mourinho's uh, Roma lost 3-2 to Vicenza. Um, big loss to Roma. And um, Mourinho was not happy about it at the end of the game. Really wasn't happy. Um, to the point that he called a journalist an idiot at the end of it. So, there we go. That shows how um, happy he was about that. In France, St. Etienne finally got their first win of the season after Corpoul's men have been really under the pump last few weeks going into the season. There's been a few protests about him being in charge. He's fell out a few players there. So it was a good win for them. Paris Saint-Germain beat Bordeaux 3-2. They were 3-0 up um, going into the 60th minute and it ended up 3-2. Um, they are, they've walked the league already. They're 10 points ahead of Lons, who are second and um, 12 points ahead of Marseille, who are fourth at the moment. So that league is pretty much over and done with anyway. So they can just concentrate on Europe, I feel, going into the Champions League leg. Um, as they struggled a little bit in Europe and struggled to get some wins. But they'll finish second, first or second in that group. Um, they've got Man City still, Man City in the next game week. So that'll at the Etihad. So that'll be a very fascinating game to see what... Um, Paris will do in that game but it's looking like that league is over and done with already but all the other leagues are looking quite tight and could be a very interesting end to the season but we'll keep an eye on that as the weeks go on and going into Christmas and mid-season breaks and all that as well uh, 
Right, so there will be no podcast on Friday due to the international break, and we'll be back in a couple of weekends, back a couple of Fridays' time for the restart of the Premier League and the European legs of the game. And that will take us all the way through to Christmas until the FA Cup legs as well. Okay, I hope you have a lovely time. Again, if you want, you can email the podcast at the average football show at gmail.com also keep an eye out on the fancy football pod that's coming out next week again you can email on that on the sssfpod dot at sorry at gmail.com as well okay i hope you have a lovely weekend enjoy the international football and i will speak to you again soon see you soon bye